Hey, it's Tariq Ali. A little birdie told me that you wish there was more frequent uploads to help you in your healing journey and that you didn't have to wait months for the next podcast episode. Well, now you don't have to. Check the description to find out how you can leap into healing, the subscriber edition of this podcast where you will get weekly episodes. Yep, you heard me. Weekly episodes. These exclusive subscriber-only episodes will include tools and tangible practices and methods I've come up with to help you heal and grow, reviews of the main show episodes for messages you may have missed, and even more bonus episodes like affirmations, mindset shifts, and Ask Tariq. Check out the description so you can find out more and start leaping into healing today. And so this is why I say when you don't feel your feelings and you just compartmentalize and you try to just move on, it's not going to go anywhere. Because the next time you feel something similar, it's going to bring that up. All the parts of you and all the past parts of you are reacting right now. And so they're going off on this person in front of them, but they're really not. They're going off on their dad. They're going off on their cousin. They're going off on that person that abandoned them. It's not even about this person in front of them. And so that's why we have to deal with our emotions when we feel them. What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to That Conversation with Tariq Ali, a podcast where we have the hard conversations that help us grow. Um, I hope you're feeling amazing. I hope you're feeling at peace, um, relaxed. I think I'm speaking more so for myself. than, <laughs> But yeah, I hope you're feeling great. And if you're not, that's okay. That's what we're here for, to make space for ourselves and our emotions, our feelings, our journeys, all of that. Um, so... How am I feeling? Um, I'm feeling really good right now. Um, No, I just said that out of normalcy. You know how people ask you, oh, how you doing? Good, good. I just said that because that's usually (laughs) what I say. But I want to actually answer. We're here, right? We're making space for our feelings. Um, I'm good. I am good. um, I'm starting to really understand that saying, taking it day by day. You know, when people are like, oh, just taking it day by day, man. Um, I really just really resonate with that now. Um, especially just not only with like my journey mentally learning so much and emotionally and what I'm sharing in this podcast, because as I share this with you guys, it's kind of live, like it's happening in my life, but I wait a little longer so that I can process it. So I come here and I share something that's fruitful and something that you guys can actually use rather than just coming on here and ranting and just triggering everyone. Um, so while it is about my experience and all of that, I also want to make sure that I'm just like giving you the tools while sharing. So like that, I'm saying that to say that with everything that I share, it, it's I'm still going through a lot of it and still learning. Um, and so with that, along with being an entrepreneur and all the things I share with you guys, Things are just different every single day. You know, some days I wake up and I feel on top of the world. Other days I wake up and I feel at the bottom and I feel horrible. I'm doubting myself. Um, and yeah. And so this episode is actually, um, a continuation kind of of the last episode. I told you I was going to do a part two. Um, and this, the reason I didn't like kind of make it an official part two is because this one is going to deal with com- something completely different. But the reason it was a part two was because it was a part of the last episode. Like it was all one, but I just let myself talk. And <laughs> that last episode was fruitful in itself. The last episode, if you didn't listen, please go listen to it because it will give you more context for this one. But the last episode was about 
me going to New York Fashion Week, and I was talking about how I was I was scared to share about my screenwriting, um, and and you know I was afraid that nobody would care about it. So I talked about self doubt. I talked about feeling invisible. I talked about um, you know working so hard on something and nobody knowing about it. I talked about how you know there was a change in my finances, a lot of different things, but I pretty much was sharing uh, how I was working so hard and I was pushing myself to burnout. I explained the process of burnout and how that happened and how that happened within me, and then I spoke to the power of rest. Um, and so, where we come to now in this episode is I am going to talk about what happened when I got home after New York Fashion Week um, and what I learned in those coming weeks. So. We all know that saying that, you know, God doesn't test you on anything you haven't learned yet. So if you're going through something and, you know, it feels like the first time you don't know what to do, he's probably just go through it, baby. <laughs> you may not make the right decision. You know, you're here to learn. But like once he's taught you and it comes up again, and you're like, I've been here before. That's when it's time to start putting what you know into action, you know. And so when I got home from New York Fashion Week, I knew I was getting close to burnout and I was working really, really hard. And so instead of getting to burnout and just like falling to the bottom, I let myself rest. Um, and so that's what I was doing. I was letting myself rest. Um, and, you know, because I knew I was getting close to burnout, I didn't expect that this rest would be, you know, there's different kinds of moments of rest. You know, uh, I used to say all the time that I loved getting sick. And people didn't understand that. But I used to say, I love being sick because I can just lay in the bed, you know, and I can just watch TV and, you know, lay in the bed and just eat and not feel guilty about it. Um, and when I told my therapist this, she was like, oh, so you, it's the rest that you enjoy. I was like, yeah, because like, I can't work hard. I'm sick, you know? Um, and she was like, well, Tariq, what if I told you that, you know, that is your body healing? Like, that's not you allowing yourself to rest. Like, you're forced to rest. And so I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> because that's not intentional rest. It's just like what I was talking about in the last episode. Like, you know, drinking water isn't a goal. It's a need. It's only a goal when you make it a goal, but it's a need that we have. And rest and healing when you're sick is a need. You literally cannot go out and work because you're sick. Your body needs to heal. So you don't contribute that to you actually giving yourself rest or giving yourself relaxation. Rest and relaxation um, there's another type where it's intentional, where you're rewarding yourself and giving yourself this space to rest. Um, and so I realized before that I wouldn't allow myself to rest. And that's why I liked getting sick was because I was forced to rest and my body really needed it. I explained that because there are some rests where, you know, you go on vacation and you're just like literally laying in a, you know, in a cabana, what is it, cabana, what is it called? You, you know what I'm talking about. You lay in that and, you know, you're enjoying, you having a margarita, you're like just resting and relaxing, you're on vacation. And then there's, I worked my ass off all week and then I'm just laying in his bed all weekend. Those are two different kinds of rest. <laughs> like your body is resting, but one is because you need to, literally need to, and the other is because you're giving yourself rest, you're giving yourself a vacation. And you may need to as well, but I, I see, I think you understand where I'm going with this. Um, and so, I was resting and I knew that it was a rest where it was an end result of my exhaustion. So I didn't expect it to feel like me in Hawaii. So the rest didn't feel the best, right? So the rest I knew was a result of my exhaustion, but I knew I had a lot to do, um, you know, with my script, 
My manager gave me notes for my latest draft of my pilot, and we want to start sending it out to producers. I thought I was done. I was so excited. I sent him my uh, my latest draft, and I just knew I was done, okay? I did everything perfect. I worked on it for a month, but he came back with new notes, and I was like, are you serious? Um, and so it was a lot that I had to do, so I just went back into work, but I realized that I was so heavy. My mind was going crazy. I wasn't sleeping well. Um, and so I said, let me just like do something to calm myself down. So what I've been doing to help, um, with, with just everything, um, I've been doing it for a while is meditating. Um, I started at first on my own, uh, just listening to like sound bowls and just like nature sounds and just meditating. But, um, I started getting into the calm app. Uh, I don't know when, maybe some months ago, some months ago. I, I've never really got into it. I really just used it for like the nature sounds and like to sleep to it and like, you know, the calming sounds. But I came across the daily calm um, and it's just pretty much a meditation that you do every single day. And now I'm addicted <laughs> um, and it's been really helping me with my anxiety, with um, just just so much. And, and I want to do another episode just on like meditation and slowing down. Um, but I did this daily calm and uh, it's with Tamara. I forgot her last name, but it's Tamara and she does the daily calm. Um, and this one episode was about Shamata. And Shamata, um, I want to describe this right, so I wrote it down. Um, Shamata meditation is a beautiful... Oof, a Buddhist, <laughs> a Buddhist practice that is about calmness and relies on the mindfulness of breathing. This means breathing thoughtfully, concentrating fully on breathing in and out, and helps develop inner strength and freedom from restlessness, leading on to clarity and understanding. So during this week, I my anxiety was through the roof, um, and I thought that the anxiety was you know just because of all of my responsibilities, because I always have so much going on. I'm I never try to get rid of my anxiety. I live a very anxiety-inducing life, um, just with everything I do, and I'm following my dreams, and I'm making a lot of risks, um, and so I don't expect to not have anxiety. I'm human, um, and it's a lot going on, so instead of trying to get rid of it, I, I, you know, I started the meditation to work with it and doing all these different methods to work with it, um, and so I uh, was doing this uh, meditation, and she was talking about in Shamata how when there's so many things going on in your life... There's so many stimulants and with every stimulant and with a lot of thoughts, we just go from thought to reaction to thought to reaction and you're just constantly moving and you don't even uh, get to feel your feelings. And, and even when a feeling does come up, all you do is react. It's just a quick reaction and then you move on to the next one. Um, and so you never really get to understand what is sitting in your gut because you're always in your head. Um, and so with this shamata, uh, you just really focus on your breathing. And by focusing on your breathing, it, you, you, you're not thinking about what's in your head. You're just focusing on your breath. Um, and so after that, you do all your breathing and then you just calm down and you realize your emotions. And so what I did is I did the meditation. And then after that, I like to journal because I'm at this calm state. Um, and I'm, I'm, my, my mind is not racing as much. And now I can really just sit here and talk to myself about what's really going on inside of me. Um, and when I did that, I journaled, um, and I realized that I was really sad. <laughs> um, and not just sad, I realized that I was depressed. Um, I realized that I was going through depression. And 
the way, you know, and, and, and a lot of people are going to ask, how do you know the difference between like just a moment of sadness and like depression? For me, it's different for everyone. Everyone deals with this differently. Okay. Um, but for me, a moment of sadness was like when I was telling you in New York, right? And I realized something that was upsetting me. I journaled and I took care of myself. And then the next day I was able to work. I was able to get back to life, you know? Um, and, you know, while it was still there, like it, I didn't forget about it. It probably didn't go away. But the feeling isn't, it doesn't, this is how I would describe it. It's not in the driver's seat. So a lot of these emotions that are inside of me, they are a part of me. I never see it as something attacking me. I see these emotions as a part of me and it's a part inside of me. And when I, the parts inside of me are usually my inner children, all of that, inner voices. And so how I describe it is when a certain emotion, like if it's fear, um, it's a certain kind of fear that I, like if it's a fear of like being poor, um, that fear I know is really strong in the younger me when I was homeless and when I was juggled through homes. And so I'm, I'm like, oh, that's him. And so I, I see it in a way of like, he's in the driver's seat and he's driving. And like me right now in today's time, adult me is like in the back seat and like, oh, whoa, whoa, like slow down. You know, <laughs> imagine if you let like your little brother that's like 12 drive. <laughs> um, and so that's how I envision it. And so, you know, you, you have that moment, but once you calm him down or you affirm him, like I did in New York, he calms down, he gets back in the back seat and you get back in the driver's seat. Like, okay, we good now, right? For me, depression feels more so like, it's taking way longer to get him out of that front seat. Um, and even if I feel present, me today, present me, adult me right now, I, I, I feel what I feel, but these other feelings are so strong. Like, I'll know I'll be okay, but the fear of not being okay feels so much larger. And it feels so much more in control. Um, and it, you wake up with it. You go through the day with it. Um, and it just, you just don't know when it'll end. And that's for me, that's what depression usually feels like. It's like, I don't know, uh, when it will end. Uh, it just, it just feels like a state. It's a state of being rather than a moment of sadness. You know what I mean? Um, and so that's usually how I, like, I, I can describe, I can identify the differences from a moment of sa sadness and depression. So with that realization that I was depressed, um, instead of moving forward, right, instead of looking um, to the future and thinking about how do I fix this or even taking care of myself instantly or just the solution, I was like, instead of looking forward, let me look back. Let me look at how I've been behaving because this had been going on at this point when I realized for like a week and a half. And I was like, okay, and, and it had been a weird week. It had been a weird week. Um, <laughs> like I, so much was going on inside of me, outside of me. Um, I it just I was doing things that I felt like was out of character. Um, and I wasn't sure if it was like a retrograde or if I was just having a weird week. But um, that that's usually those weird weeks where you're usually acting out of character. Well, for me, let me make this a me thing. And if you resonate it, resonate with it, you can resonate with it. But I realized that when I act out of character. That's rooted in something. Um, and so what I did was when I realized I was depressed and I had been depressed ever since New York, um, I wanted to look at my behavior. And I made a list of things that I was doing in this time. Um, but there was one that was the most prevalent and the most <laughs> like so out of character for me that I want to share. And this is when it gets really transparent. <laughs>
Hey, it's me again. I know you're enjoying the show, but I want to keep it ad-free the way it's been. That's the way it should be. And when you subscribe to this show, you're not only supporting your own healing journey, but you're helping us produce this show so that we can continue healing millions. Check out the description so you can find out how you can leap into healing and subscribe to the show today. Um, so I, um, I was on every dating app. <laughs> I mean, girl, I downloaded Tinder, Raya, Bumble, Jacked, uh-huh, Grinder. I mean, I even downloaded this new app, dude, this free sponsorship for everybody, girl. Uh, BLK, I heard that that's a new dating app, so I downloaded that, girl. I was swiping on Tinder all day in the gym in the bathroom, girl. And then at some point I ran out of people. So I switched it to where I was a, where I was, where you, you, you know, you can switch your like gender or something and where you can be, uh, look, you're like a, you can change it. How do you do it? You change it from like, uh, man, I already have it as non-binary, but you can change it as have me as some as men looking for women or something like that. I don't know, girl. I just was doing and this is me just being transparent. Judge me all you like. I don't care. I really was just swiping on Tinder and just I I was doing that. I was on Grinder seeing who was next to me, who do I want? I was on every app and I was being very hyper vigilant about it. And the reason that this was alarming for me was because I I don't enjoy apps. <laughs> I don't enjoy apps. I don't know. I'm just, I rather, I don't know. There's something about it being purely on pictures and then like this image that you create and like, you know, knowing that you swipe right on all these people, but you only get like three matches. It's like, oh damn, all those people swiped left on me. And I think that does something to your mind subconsciously. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's just a personal thing. I don't like apps. Not only that, I don't really enjoy hookups. Um, <laughs> I don't, I, and I know, I know this about myself and it got really bad at a point where I was on like jacked and it was like this dude who I was going to like meet up with. Right. And it was like 8 PM and you know, sometimes girl, jacked is so ir- ir- disgusting. Oh, I'm so sorry. If you're not gay, if you, jacked is a hookup app. Okay. It's a hookup app. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a hookup app. Yeah, I don't know how it's it's for gay people, but yeah, it's a hookup app. Um, but anyways, it was 8 p.m. and I had messages due, and we had been talking for like 30 minutes. You know, I'm trying to get like you know an idea. Um, and so he stopped responding, but he told me, "Oh, I'm gonna hit you later after I finish something." I was like, "Okay." I was sleepy, and he didn't he didn't text. It was like 10 p.m. I said, "Okay," and but he said he would, and we had been talking a good amount. So I was like, "He's into me. He's into me." You know, he's into me. So I messaged him and I was like, hey, we still linking up. And he didn't respond. But he said, oh, my bad got busy. I'm going to hit you. Boom, boom, boom. In like an hour or something, something like that. So I'm like, OK, it's like 10 p.m. At this, at this point. I get up every day at six. So I go to bed at like 10, 1030. Right. So I was waiting for this dude to message me for the next hour. He didn't. And so I didn't want to be pressed. So I didn't like message him again. And so what I did was. I was like, Tariq, you're sleepy. So I went to sleep, but I set an alarm for an hour so that I could check my phone. I did that, woke up, checked it. He didn't message me, but somebody else messaged me. I started talking to them. It's, it's about, what, 1130 now? Started talking to that new person. They started getting a little weird. I said, ugh, okay, they're not responding. Went back to sleep, set an hour for an alarm. 
I mean, this is what hypervigilance looks like. <laughs> I mean, like at some point I stayed all, I stayed up all the way until like 2 a.m. And the crazy thing about this is with all of this, there were several people that were interested in me. There were people on Tinder that swiped right on me and like wanted to talk to me or wanted to go on a date or whatever. But every, every time I got to the point of them showing interest or me knowing I got them, I just moved on to the next. I wasn't interested anymore. And so when I thought about that, I said, well, Tariq, you keep going after these people that like don't work out and these people that like are not showing interest, but the people that are showing interest that you were interested in when you, you know, reached out to them. Why aren't you interested in them once that they show interest in you? Why are you chasing after these people that are not interested in you? And the reason is, is, is when I sat back with that, I was like, oh, baby, you just want to feel validated. You just want to feel wanted. You just want that feeling of feeling wanted because what happened was the people that were interested, right? They would that and in a way they would give me validation. They'll say in the subtext, you know, I want you. I've got I got that token. I need another one. Who else want me? I go to the next dude. Oh, he want me too. I got two. And so this dude over here that don't want me and the ones that's not responding. I was in need of validation so much that I, I just kept chasing. And I realized that I'm not even here for these men. I'm not even here for the sex. I'm not here for any of that. I'm here to get a collection of coins and tokens. I, I'm here for validation. And so when I realized that, I was like, oh, wow. Um, I, I took a moment to also think about what initiated this depression. It was in New York. I was feeling invisible. I wasn't feeling worthy. People weren't seeing me for what I wanted to be seen as. And so that's what initiated. I was like, oh, it's still here. And while I came to an understanding of why I felt like that in New York and I took care of myself and I felt good about New York, that the feeling of feeling invalidated and not worthy and not seen didn't go anywhere. It, it put me into a depression. And I, and I realized that it wasn't just me in today's time that was feeling that, right? Like me today, I'm upset about the, you know, the screenwriter, me not being seen, you know, and all of that. That's me today. But that feeling of invalidation is something that all, a lot of the parts inside of me, the inner children and in me have gone through. So while I went through it, I, w- I also triggered the inner children in me. And me today, you, I could take care of myself and be good in a couple days. But 12-year-old Tariq, he's still crying. Because he's feeling the invalidation from when he was going through it at that age. And so I realized that it put me in this depression because that, that trigger triggered so much more. Remember when I told you that my breakup and grieving my boyfriend triggered the grief that I never had or let myself have with my parents? I never grieved you know, the things I never got, I never grieved any of that. So grieving my boyfriend, it triggered all this other grief. And so I felt it way heavier. And so this is why I say when you don't feel your feelings and you just compartmentalize and you try to just move on, it's not going to go anywhere. Because the next time you feel something similar, it's going to bring that up. And so in a moment where you could just respond to what's happening right now, you react. You react, not just you today, but 
all the parts of you and all the past parts of you are reacting right now. They're feeling it again. And so they're going off on this person in front of them, but they're really not. They're going off on their dad. They're going off on their cousin. They're going off on that person that abandoned them. It's not even about this person in front of them. And so that's why we have to deal with our emotions when we feel them. Because if not, we're going to end up having to deal with them all at once and it becomes too much. That's a word. I just got to sit with that. Hmm. And so I realized that I needed validation. So what I did was not only that, hold on, let me see. Let me make sure I'm on track. Let me look at my, my notes. Mm-hmm. So I realized that I was in need of validation, right? And the dating apps, that was one that was just really big to me um, during my depression. Um, and now that I know I act out of character when I'm not okay, when I act out of character, I like to slow down and look within me. Not other people like what, what made, what about them made me do this? I like to look at me, man. Let me focus on me. Okay. Cause I have a lot of emotions and a lot of things I went through that I never dealt with. And I want to make sure that I'm showing up for myself and not focusing on other people. Let me deal with me. And so also during this depression, I wanted to look at the other things I was doing. Um, and these, this was some other things that I was doing. I was overeating. I love food. I love food. I'm a foodie. Everybody knows it about me. I say it about every day. Um, because in my family, my family is a very Southern traditional type family and food, soul food especially, is like the way that we felt love. You know, if we fought as a family, one thing we would do was come together to eat my family, my direct family, like my, aunt, my dad, my grandma, my, all of us, we are the cooks of the larger family. Like everybody loves the Ellis's cooks, uh, like food, you know, like we usually host the cookouts and stuff like, and so food has always been comfort for me. Um, and so now, um, when I, when I want to feel comfort, I eat, but the thing is when I'm depressed, I overeat, I'll eat till I'm full and I'll keep eating knowing I'm full to the point where I get sick and I will like, literally I can't eat anything else. Like during this depression, I ate so much that this is a trigger warning. I'm sorry. I should have trigger warning. Trigger, trigger warning is for anyone with like eating disorders. Cause I, 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 I with my body dysmorphia and, and I've told you guys I do. So I, anyone that's listening, you probably know that that will probably come up, but I, I apologize. But um, yeah, um, I would like eat until like my feet start to tingle. Like, I mean, literally just keep eating. And I eat a lot, like pints of ice cream. Um, And so overeating. Other things I was doing, I don't care how I look or feel um, physically. Um, So just like not like putting on serums on my face, like not doing my skincare routine. And I love my skincare routine. So that's out of character. Me, when I'm okay, I love doing my skincare. My house would look an absolute mess, um, like an absolute mess. Um, because for, some, for me, I don't know, there's something about when I'm not okay, seeing my house is not okay too and it's dirty, it makes me feel comfortable with a very clean house and not feeling good. I don't know. I don't know, but it's not on purpose. I don't messy it up on purpose. It's just that 
I would just do things and not care to clean up after myself. Um, and then I went out a couple nights and I got super drunk. And I got super drunk. Um, and it's not like I was at the bar like another one. It's just that I wasn't being cognizant of the repercussions. I wasn't thinking about, oh, I may wake up sick tomorrow. Or, you know, um, I, I shouldn't mix. I was just like, oh, oh well, just having fun. Um, so it's not in a way of like, oh, I need another shot, another shot, another shot. It's just I just didn't think about the repercussions. Um, you stop caring about... Um, the effects of your decisions and, th- and things like that. Um, yeah. So I shared that really one to be transparent. And so that you can also know that it's important to look back sometimes. I know they say never look back, you know, but it's important to look at your behaviors in different moments so that you can become more self-aware. So you know, oh, I was doing that when I was depressed that month. And then this around this time every year, I feel like this. And I know because I do this. Like I start biting my fingers. You know, some people bite their fingers when they get anxious. Some people start to, their, their palms start to sweat. Because sometimes you're not going to be able to identify your emotion directly. Like you're not going to wake up and say, oh, I'm depressed. Usually you look at the signs and the symptoms per se. And then you're like, oh, this is what I usually do when I'm depressed. Am I depressed? And then when you sit down and think about it, you'll realize you probably are. Um, and so this is why it's important to pay attention to yourself. Um, and yeah, pay attention to yourself. And by doing this, when you pay attention to yourself and you know the habits that you go into when you're in this season, you also can begin to adjust how you show up for yourself and like the environments you're in. Because if you know you're depressed now, right? You learned, you looked at, you wrote down the signs. And then when you start doing the signs, you're like, oh, I'm doing them. Am I depressed? You're like, oh, I am depressed. So then you know, I probably shouldn't hang out with that one person. They trigger me too much. You know, you probably can do it when you're all good and you can just ignore them like whatever. But if you know you're not okay, you probably know to avoid certain people, certain environments, certain, um, just all of that. You'll be able to show up for yourself better. And another thing that you could do by paying attention to your behavior in these periods is identifying your needs so you can go to better methods. I looked at what I was doing before, right? And those were clearly the unhealthy things, right? Um, Like, you know, going to the dating apps and doing all these things that like were not in character for me. Things that don't actually make me feel good. We go to all these things for validation. Like it's different for everybody. I went to dating apps. Some people go to drugs. Some people going to splurging online and spending money they don't have. Some people go to just, uh, there's a lot of different reasons, right? And we can list them, right? Um, And so what you want to do is write down the things that you were going to during that time for validation. And you know they're unhealthy. If you you see them as unhealthy, they weren't good for you. Um, And so you make that list. And then you make another list where things I go to validation that are healthy for me. Um, And so what I did is I made a list of things that make me feel validated and make me feel good that are healthy. Um, and here are some of them. I'm just sharing because uh, just to give you an idea of like what it may be for you. Um, watching great old YouTube videos I'm proud of. Testimonials from fans. Holding my fears while showing up for myself. Believing in me. Taking time to take care of me and saying F work. Writing. The ideas I come up with make me feel I'm damn smart. (laughs) Not being hard on my body with food. Letting myself have what I want with boundaries. Creating. Not just for work, but anything. Every time I do something, I always love what I come up with. Makes me feel so powerful. And meditating. Always so proud of myself for being able to calm my mind when it feels impossible. 
Um, because anxiety has been really hard for me these past couple of years, meditating, when I meditate and like I really silence my mind, I feel like a Superman. Like that shit, like it's like it makes me feel so good. I feel so powerful and it makes me feel so validated. Like I literally took this time to take care of myself and look at me. Wow, it's working. Um, and so instead, when I know that I'm depressed and especially when I know that, oh, I want to feel validated, um, Instead of going to those things that I know are not healthy for me with this list, I look at the list and I just do it. And I realize that in those moments, I feel validated and I feel a little better. And then in other moments when I when I need it or maybe I go back to doing those things that aren't healthy for me, I'm like, wait, and I go do one of the healthy things. Um, And so in that way. I'm giving myself validation without hurting myself. It's things that make me actually feel validated rather than a false sense of validation. Like when I was on the dating apps, I was just collecting tokens. And not only that, I was uh, uh, including other people and affecting other people. You know, I'm I'm talking to these people and they may want to actually go on a date and then I stop talking to them and they're like, did I do something? And so then I become toxic <laughs> and then I become the problem. And that's where, you know, toxicity comes from, right? It's like we do all these things and, we, you know, it's it's mindset, right? It's all perspective, right? Because you're listening to me right now and you have sympathy for me because I just told you everything. But the other side of that, right? Somebody could be talking about how this dude just ghosted me or stopped talking to me. And, you know, that's an asshole, like that, you know, he, that, you know, he ghosted you or whatever, but we're all on a different side of the coin. We're human, right? And so that's why the other side, if I was to talk to that friend on the other side, I would tell them, baby, you can't internalize that. You did nothing wrong. They, they're just an asshole. They didn't respond to you or whatever. They ghosted you. And it's hard for that person to get to that because of their insecurities and everything. But everything here is right. <laughs> we're both human. While they need that affirmation, I also need to take accountability and tell myself I don't need to be including other people with my emotions that they don't have anything to do with. I should not be dumping my emotions on other people. And so I think, well, that's why I'm so transparent about it, because I, when I'm transparent about it and I tell people about this, they can see how, oh, I could get there, too. And I'm showing them that I'm human and people do this, too. They know they do it. People listening right now, you resonating, girl, you resonate. And I know you human. And so while me showing you that I'm human, you can accept that, oh, I'm human too. I do that too. You can make space for it. And by you doing that and accepting that, you can hold yourself accountable so that you don't go out and keep doing that. And so that's why I came up with a method so that instead of including other people or going to those things that's not only unhealthy for me, but unhealthy for other people, I can keep it within here. Deal with your own shit. And so that's what it's all about. Um... Damn, I love this episode. Um, wow, this may be one of my favorite episodes. I'm just, I'm just so proud of myself, man. I, I, I told this. Oh, I don't want to cry. <laughs> I told this to my therapist, and she just had the biggest smile. Like I think she, I think I'm her favorite patient because I, <laughs> um, I just be going into therapy, and she just like looks at me with so much admiration. It's because I just really care, and I just went through so much, and. It makes me feel so much peace, and that's why I come here to share it, man. Like, it's so much work, but it's worth it. Like, you feel so much more powerful, so much more peace, so much more happiness. You just go for your dreams more. You believe in yourself more. You love yourself more. You can love other people better. It's just so good. It's so good. And so I'm so passionate about it. 
because I go to these therapy sessions and I realize things and I go back in my life and I do more research. I read books and I learn and then I put it into practice and I go back and I tell her and she'd be like, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm so happy that you came here to listen to this podcast. Um, I'm so happy that you're on this journey with me. I, I push you to put the work in, baby. You know, listen to these podcasts, yeah, take your time, but do the work, because it's worth it, baby. It's worth it. You will be the happiest you ever, you didn't even know existed. That dream that you're scared to do, you'll start following it. You'll be like, you'll wake up one day like, who the hell am I? You know? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that's how I'm going to close this episode. I want to say thank you. It's starting to get dark in here because it's October and, you know, daylight saving. So sorry if the visuals isn't perfect. But, yeah, please make sure that you rate, you review um, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast review and then rate it on wherever you listen. Um, also, stream it. Stream the actual podcast on the on the apps and on YouTube, please. It really helps me when you download the episode um, on the podcast apps and when you watch it on YouTube. So thank you, guys. Um, Yeah, thank you. And I hope everybody has a great day. And yeah, love you. Hey, it's Tariq Ali. A little birdie told me that you wish there was more frequent uploads to help you on your healing journey and that you didn't have to wait months for the next podcast episode. Well, now you don't have to. Check the description to find out how you can leap into healing, the subscriber edition of this podcast where you will get weekly episodes. Yep, you heard me. Weekly episodes. These exclusive subscriber-only episodes will include tools and tangible practices and methods I've come up with to help you heal and grow, reviews of the main show episodes for messages you may have missed, and even more bonus episodes like affirmations, mindset shifts, and Ask Tariq. Check out the description so you can find out more and start leaping into healing today.